everyone, and welcome to what uh, we think is going to be another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, I got some big news that came out this week, well, mostly just in the last, you know, one to two days, really. Uh, so we're going to get into all of that, uh, which is some, some really good news. Uh, but before we give you this really good news, you just want to make sure we're all on the same page, uh, you know, for those that are not already following our excellent social media team. Uh, we are at Talking Tigs on Twitter. We're on Facebook as the Talking Tigs podcast. And we're on iTunes, Spotify, and TikTok as well. Uh, get on the train while it's hot because it's just leaving the station. And with that, I just want to check in with the co-host, uh, Tommy and Daniel. How are you guys doing? Doing great. You know, back uh, back at it again, this time a little bit different, doing the podcast from the same room. So that's kind of cool. Me and Daniel, uh, you know, now doing it from our from our uh, our new podcast studio, kind of moving up in the world. Exactly right, Tommy. Good to be here with you and then Scott uh, virtually as well. But hopefully we won't have any technical issues with the new setup, but excited to be back at it. We got a whole lot more news this week than the previous few, so at least that gives us something to, to go into. So I guess we might as well start talking. Amen. And uh probably the biggest news that we've received ever since you know we found out the Tigers got those awesome championship rings. But uh the SEC has officially announced that they're gonna do a 10 game all SEC regular season schedule. And, uh, you know, they, they still got to meet to talk about specific, you know, dates and times, I guess, because, you know, all the ADs have to agree on whatever, what, what this is going to look like. But they've at least agreed to that. And they want to uh, establish September 26th as the kickoff uh, to, to kind of start this crazy new season world off. And I don't know. Uh, it's it's finally you know nice to hear something happened. I guess you know the people at the SEC realize, hey, look, uh, we can't keep punting. We've just got to go for it on fourth down. Or someone you know in the SEC started listening to talking ticks because uh, I think they finally came to their senses and just came up with a plan. Um, I I don't know. I, I think we all thought they were going to try something. And I don't know. I guess we can go to. I'll start with you, Tommy. Uh, it's it's finally nice to hear something. We figured they would have to pull the trigger at some point. I guess the only thing I'm surprised about is uh, the, the SEC going with a 10-game all-conference schedule. So, uh, yeah, what, what what do you make of of what what they just decided on? I mean, I'm, I'm I was pretty surprised. Um, you know, I've, I've I've been pretty critical of the SEC on this podcast of what they've done and and what most elite, you know NCAA and, and other conferences have done, but um, I mean definitely pleasantly surprised because I think that I think that 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 this this move by the SEC um, might be like the most attainable uh, option you know we have for a football season. Uh, it, it seems like this it seems like if they do it right and they get it you know they they cross all the t's and dot all the i's we'll get to see some college football being played um and i mean i'm excited for it it's it's what we all want you know it's funny because a lot of people have complained about uh the money games for years now and like it or not they were just taken from us so you know you're going to a lot of sec fans are going to get what they want which is all sec football for the entire season no money games, no cupcakes, 
Um, you know, sad. To, I'm well, pretty upset to see the Texas game go. Cause I thought that was gonna be a lot of fun. But um, other than that, I mean, I guess, you know, from what, from what they say, we'll be adding, you know, maybe Tennessee, maybe uh, uh, Kentucky. And I mean, those would be two, two pretty fun games to watch. Yeah. I'd say it's the wild west. Uh, what, what say you, Daniel? Right. So like you, you had mentioned, the only really big loss for us at least is the Texas game. And for all of college football, the kind of early season non-conference matchups, the marquee ones are real fun to watch. And they had a, a few big ones scheduled this year between like Ohio state versus Oregon. And I think uh, like USC, USC, Alabama, USC versus Alabama week one. And then it also kind of kills those traditional non-conference like in-state rivalries, like mm-hmm. Florida, Florida state and Georgia, Georgia tech, those type of games. But for fans of just quality football, especially in the sec, you can't really take this one too hard because you get two extra sec games in a year and still 10 games total, which I was initially thinking it was just going to be an eight game sec schedule kind of when the first few conferences were announcing what they were going to do. And uh, I don't think we mentioned that we don't really know who those last two teams that are going to be added are, but the rumor currently is that everybody will get the two teams they have on their schedule coming up in the next two years. So for us, that would be Tennessee and Kentucky in uh, 2021 and 2022. And those would get pushed to this year. Well, no, I think, I think they, I think they ruled that out. I think that was originally the plan, but people started complaining. So I think the SEC said they're going to, they're going to move towards like a strength of schedule based pairing, Hmm. but we would, but theoretically we would still get Tennessee and Kentucky because they're like, we have like a, a, middling to higher like mid to high mid to mid high strength of schedule and those are like the two teams that would like balance our schedule yeah well either way everybody's uh, pretty eagerly awaiting those uh results and scheduling and then as long as we dodge georgia then it'll be pretty good for lsu because the rest of the east is not too excited (laughs) yeah i i don't think we'd get georgia and I don't think we need to say we need to dodge Georgia. We've we've handled them, you know, pretty handily the last last couple of times we've played them. Uh, I know those under different uh, <laughs> different personnel, but still, uh, I don't want to feel like I have to dodge my dogs. You know, that's my alma mater too. I, I love I love when uh, Georgia and LSU play. But um, lot, lot, still a lot to unpack. But I'm glad you mentioned uh, Oregon. Daniel and uh, USC because there was definitely some you know a big Pac-12 component of this that we we want to get into also but um, yeah it's like we when we were thinking a, a conference schedule we we're thinking what six eight games maybe I don't know uh, we, I don't think anyone really envisioned ten but the way they're going about it um, I think not only SEC fans are happy but I think the you know the rest of the the conferences are because you know they've been pining for the sec to take on a, a 10 game conference schedule instead of like you said tommy all these cupcakes but it's like well you know <laughs> so the, what we've seen in the news uh lately uh you're kind of like propping these athletic departments up so you know it's kind of like a brotherhood they don't want to get rid of that but at the same time a 10 sec game schedule is is great especially if they're going to mix it up more than just the one permanent one rotating uh, cross division opponent so uh <laughs> i don't know the I, I i i'm really curious to see the schedule but it does suck to lose the longhorns in tiger stadium because that that probably would have been you know probably the best non-conference you know home and home game of the year um but yeah i don't know the cupcakes are gone but uh i don't know what do you think uh 
what do you think this season's going to look like, if, especially if it's based on, you know, strength of schedule or, you know, last year's success? I mean, I, I think that if it's, uh, like I said, if it's based on strength of schedule, well, I guess either way, a lot of people are saying it's going to be some, so I guess it would be, ten, we have the options we have are Tennessee, Kentucky, Missouri, Georgia, right? I'd say so. George's George is the, the one you know is good. The rest No, is- no, I'm saying like of that that aren't on our schedule right now. Right. Okay. Because we've already got Florida and Carolina. Vanderbilt, but we played them oh, and Van- okay, and Van- Vanderbilt. Um yeah, so I mean if we go by if we go by strength of schedule, you know, Vanderbilt's probably not it, it probably we're probably not gonna get Vanderbilt, we're probably not gonna get Georgia. Also, given that we just played them two years ago, just played Georgia two years ago and played Vanderbilt Yale last year. So then you've got Mizzou, Kentucky, and uh, Tennessee. So those are probably the ones we're looking at. Um, you know, I think, I, I think that for, I think the only thing that to keep in mind for this season with the change and something that um, not just, not won't just affect LSU, but will affect the entire SEC uh, is just just that we're going to be playing 10 sec games we're not playing eight sec games and then four you know games where uh where probably max johnson or tj finley gets to play two and a half quarters of the game you know what i mean miles brennan's gonna have to probably gonna play every one of those games um and i think that's something that's gonna that's gonna really i, I think it could impact the playoff um the playoff picture immensely because I mean, if you're if you're a betting person, I'm I would go ahead and buy your tickets for Oregon, Ohio State, and Clemson in the playoff because the I, th- I don't know if I don't know if I uh, I think SEC is going to be really the only competitive uh, conference this year. I mean, there's clear juggernauts in all in all the other conferences, and now if it's a if it's a conference only season for all these teams, they're going to be it's going to I mean th- just look, think about the Big Ten with Ohio State they're head and shoulders above everyone else. And they don't even have to play a, uh, you know, who, who was going to be there. Did they have like a, was it, you say it was Oregon? Oregon was supposed to play yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, so like, so that was probably, you know, the one that everyone had circled on. Or that's definitely the one that uh, Ohio state fans and Ohio state, you know, the program had circled on their, on their schedule as we have to win this game. If we, you know, this is the one game we can lose. Um, that game was just taken from them. Same thing with, uh, you know, I guess on, on the other end, Oregon, you know, Oregon says we have to, we have to win or at least show up in this Ohio, in Ohio state game. If we want a chance at, at making the playoff now, seems like they're probably going to be undefeated. I would, I would guess Ohio state and Oregon will probably go undefeated. Right. Yeah. Or, and I would also like to add, um, as Lee Corso would say, as, as far, especially talking about Oregon, not so fast, my friends. Uh, we, we still got to get into that, this, this crazy bit of Pac-12 news, but I, I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, but it's uh, <laughs> um, Ohio State, they don't, have, they don't have the option to play cupcakes, cupcakes either. So they always have like one to two scares from all these lower tier teams. And now they're going to add, you know, a, another one of those. They're not going to have any cupcakes either. So uh, I think this will kind of turn other conferences, uh, make it a little bit more competitive also i don't know do you think that do you think that the average competition of the big 10 is equal to the average competition of the sec i mean i, I don't probably, probably not average as good but i think except for maybe like rutgers there's no team in the big 10 that's a straight like cakewalk 
I mean, Ohio State makes all their team makes them all look like cakewalks. That's true. When you watch, it's pretty bad too. Like when you watch Ohio State play one of their regular conference games, it does not look like you know. Last year, LSU objectively obliterated almost everyone they played, but there is not like the uh, you know LSU, Florida, LSU, Auburn. Um, those two games last year were like competitive games and LSU LSU was played close by both of those teams. And those teams were not the second best team in the, in the sec. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like it was just one and two playing each other. Those were, those were middling to high, high to high to mid team, good teams in the sec. And they still played LSU, which, you know, many people would say not even on an LSU podcast that this was the best LSU team, you know, in a, in a generation, and that's how good the SEC competition is. I don't see that for Ohio State. Ohio State beat down every single person they played. And, I mean, it wasn't even it, – it, I just don't – I don't think it's comparable. I don't think that the comp, that playing a full conference schedule for Ohio State will be as difficult and will be as much of a gauntlet to run as any SEC team playing a full SEC schedule. Maybe I would agree with that. Finally do his thing and just take down Ohio State. <laughs> save his career i wouldn't i wouldn't hold your breath i yeah no i i don't disagree with you tommy i just think that the fact that ohio state can't warm up with uh one or two you know cupcakes or because mm-hmm. they you know they're, they're one of their other gripes about the sec is you know we play a cupcake or two in mid to like late in the season and i guess they have all theirs at the beginning of the season and i guess that's my only point is instead of starting out with akron and then, uh, you know, Centerville State or whoever else they play, and then getting into the meat of their schedule, uh, you know, they're going to be playing, you know, they could be playing one of these teams that always gives them fits. You know, what if they have to play Penn State in the first or second week? You know, like Penn State and Wisconsin are the backups to the, you know, Michigan and Ohio State in, in their respective divisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm not saying the Big Ten doesn't have some competition, but after that first to second team, I think it drops off dramatically where the SEC has, you know, there's last year was LSU, Auburn, uh, Alabama. And then even after that, you know, somebody like Texas A&M is eight and, you know, whatever at that point. So it's, it's not as big of a drop off to me. So I think that's why the big team would have slightly more, uh, uh, I guess, you know, more competition than they're used to. I guess that's all I'll, I'll say. No, yeah, they'll definitely have more competition than they're used to. But I think that going from a one to a one and a half, maybe more. <laughs> but it's not the the uh, the the increase is not as great as as it will be in the SEC. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but to to uh, bring it back to something we kind of put a bookmark on earlier with the Pac-12, uh, they had some news of their own. Because uh, when I heard about the SEC news, I thought, okay, who? I wonder how the other dominoes are going to fall. You know, what's gonna, what's the Big Twelve and what's the Pac-12 going to do? But the Pac-12's players <laughs> came out with a- an announcement of their own, and they said, you know what? Uh, we're not going to do anything until there's some guarantees in place for all of us. So it just crazy, crazy news. But the, um, the Pac-12s are basically boycotting at this point. Uh, until the you know there's some uh, there, there's some sort of demands that are met you know they have a, a big list of demands um, you know basically written in for their own protection and other if the if they aren't met then I guess they're not going to play which 
I don't know. I I'm I guess I'm not surprised. I, I am surprised, but when you think about what's happened recently, uh, you know, they were the first basically state in the union to kind of uh, allow players to you know make money on their own name, and you know they had some. UCLA not too long ago was saying, look, we're, we're not going to go forward unless Chip Kelly has some, some more, uh, uh, I don't know. Independent auditors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, well, they wanted some, some, uh, some, I don't know, something set in place, but yeah, independent auditors, they wanted independent auditors in place to, to make sure there were certain regulations that were met just to meet the, you know, the needs and the, uh, I guess the defense against COVID uh, because they didn't feel like their coach had their best interest in mind. So uh, the Pac-12 as a whole is kind of bonded together with this. So, I don't know, we can start with you, Daniel, this time. what? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not quite the announcement the SEC had. The, you know, it's like the players are in charge over there. But uh, that's, pretty, uh, that's pretty bold. Uh, you know, what do you, what, do you make of, uh, what do you make of this news coming out of the Pac-12 with the, with the players and their demands? Yeah, it's pretty unprecedented. So there's a lot to, to unpack here. Um, and because we've never really seen the players stand up like this kind of not necessarily against the institutions or against the establishment, but just to kind of make their own stand and say, like, we're not playing except for this, these conditions. I think their, their list was focused primarily on the two things of the moment, which is the COVID-19 and the kind of Black Lives Matter and that type of movement. So we'll see whether the universities and uh, the Pac-12 itself uh, moves forward with this. From what I was seeing, not all of the players in the Pac-12 were involved this summer, uh, kind of on the fence or anti and said they're going to play anyway. They're not going to opt out. So this is not a completely united movement, but it at least has garnered enough demand to where it could definitely affect their quality of play and the quality of life for all these players. So uh, I don't really have the expertise to dive into the individual demands of the issues, but it's, it's pretty crazy to see that players step up like this. You kind of figured this was going to happen sooner or later just with the, the dialogue going on in college football and college sports in general the past few years. And now it's kind of finally here. So people have to figure out what to do about it. It's crazy. They kind of just formed a pack that political action committee. <laughs> well, uh, but so I guess props to the players for trying to get what they want and hopefully they can settle it in a, in a legitimate way that's beneficial for everyone. I mean, I don't know. I think that if, it, I think this is further reason, like if, if the Pac-12 fields basically half half their athletes and then plays and and we'll just say Oregon because they're deep they went they run the table and win or uh, you know maybe you maybe this is USC's year because all of Oregon's players opt out but USC doesn't uh, this is further proof that the Pac-12 does not belong in the playoff I'm here to stake my claim I don't really know about their demands. I don't know about this strategy of, of opting out of this of season. I guess if you don't want to play, you don't want to play. Um, I, I kind of feel like it's, I feel like this is almost more of a, like a stunt than it is about safety or something, you know, like, I don't know, like part of the, part of the thing, like you said, Scott was like, it was about, they wanted revenue sharing. And I'm like, I don't really know what that has to do with, with COVID because it, it is it doesn't, but they just, if, if they're going to make demands, they're going to they lump them all in at once. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, no, I get that point, but like, I think that kind of further proves that like, this is not like a, uh, this might not, this might not be the most uh, good faith effort <laughs> to get what you want. And so for that, you know, I, I kind of feel like 
I don't know. Whatever. Let I'll let the Pac-12 do what they want to do. I'm, you know, I mean, you know me. I'm more of an SEC guy. But yeah, first you stumped against the Big Twelve, and now you're railing on the Pac-12. Sounds like there should really only be one conference. There really should only be one mega conference. Um, I think that I think that if we added Clemson and we added like maybe, uh, I mean, like yeah, I have seen things where where they say like because of COVID, all these programs are gonna just gonna fade away because they won't be able to afford anymore and so what they're gonna have to make is basically like a like an nfl style conference but it's like a mega conference across the entire nation so it's like lsu like basically the entire sec ohio state penn state like clemson florida state be kind of cool um but i like i like the sec the way it is my point is uh if if they if the if the players opt out more power to them but i think that should disqualify the pac-12 from the playoff that's my point well, shouldn't, they, shouldn't they be basically disqualifying themselves if half the players sit out? The play, the teams are going to be bad, right? So that they're not going to make it. No, but what I'm saying is that, like, if you've got a, what if, what if, uh, like I said, like USC, the team, the team, like, what if USC decides we're going to pay, we're going to pay the players, we're going to like meet all their demands, and so then they stay, or Stanford because they're a private college and they have a bunch of money, they do something to keep all their players to play. And then it, you've got all these starters against the the remnants of the Pac-12, and they run the table and go, you know, what ten and O Pac-12 champ or eleven and O Pac-12 champions. I think that in a normal year, that that team would probably make the playoff. Sure, uh, you know, the, but they, there could always be disputes. Like, what if there aren't enough teams to even field a, a ten game schedule, and like there's only six Pac-12 teams that can you know field a team, like. Does six and zero compete versus a ten and zero team from the SEC, or nine and one? You know, whatever. Uh, it's 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 all you know. It just it seems like the it's all over the place. But um, I don't know as far as the Pac-12 players, it uh, I get what they're doing. It seems like most of their demands, like most of their their beef, is with uh, just the fact that players aren't compensated or they're not. You know, there's not any guarantees. Um, so a lot of their demands are based on health and safety protections. They want all sports protected. Because remember last, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, we talked about like Stanford dropped almost half of its sports programs. So like they don't want all these programs to be shed and just leave all these athletes, you know, just kind of twisting in the wind, basically with either, you know, financial support that they'd have with a scholarship or protection mm-hmm. against COVID or something, because that's, you know, that's something else they want is, protection against COVID and just treatment after that, if they get it. But, you know, then it kind of goes into, it wants you to end racial injustice in college sports. Uh, it's, I don't know. To me, that's kind of like asking for world peace. So I, I get what they're doing, but um, I don't know if that's should be necessarily in the same demands. Uh, and then just kind of economic freedom and equ- equity, because they basically want to get paid for their likenesses and, and all that. Because remember, this kind of all started with UCLA back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was early 2000s, but basically uh, Ed O'Bannon, who was part of that uh, a championship basketball team at UCLA, he's the one that started this, the, the lawsuit, trying to get paid for his likeness. And so I think uh, the, the Pac-12 has been very progressive on this compared to other conferences as far as players getting compensated. So uh, I'm not surprised that they're, you know, they're asking to get paid during this as well. Um, just, just a matter of, you know, if, if the conference agrees to it, and like how, what this looks like. What if you know USC is the only one that wants to do it that can field a good team, and they're like Notre Dame, and then there's all these 
you know, scavenger teams out there because because their conferences can't field a schedule, and then like they just play each other, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, Notre Dame's going to go into the. They're in the ACC now. You see that? Yeah, but like officially, they're gonna like they're gonna just play in the ACC as their schedule because they still had. I thought they're only ACC like in certain sports. No, they're going to play a full ACC football schedule this year now. Okay, well there you go. And they'll play and they compete for the for the uh, championship too. I think. Yep, they entered okay. some sort of partnership with the, the ACC. So I don't know. If, that'd be interesting if they get added a Clemson schedule because that would be basically their only like big game of the year. Yeah. I saw I saw the schedule and I can't remember. They haven't released the dates yet, but they've released who's playing who. It's like a little little like box thing. They've got a bunch of boxes where it's like you carry your hand across and like you know match the match the teams up. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Notre Dame is going to be in there. Um, my prediction is that still uh, Clemson will win the ACC handily, locking it in now. Probably. That'll probably be what happens. Trevor Lawrence is not going to go out on a on a uh, on a mediocre season. That's my that's my prediction. Nah, nah. But you know, it's it's interesting to see like what players would opt out. Still, you know, uh, I mean, I guess he's going to play, but you know, there could be some people that don't, and uh, I would expect them not to be punished at all. You know, normally you, you know, some some NFL teams might have a, a certain feeling about a player sitting out. Let's say Leonard Fournette set out his uh, junior year, you know? You know, they might have had a certain feeling about that, but I feel like now there's a lot more leeway if a player says, I, I want to skip it, you know? Because you can always just blame the, uh, you know, the conditions of your conference or the NCAA or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? We've already seen it. I mean, we, we already saw even even when Leonard sat out during the bowl game, that was a huge deal. Yeah. And that was one game. So yeah. You know, now we're in an era where people were saying, oh, I'm not going to play this season. I don't feel comfortable doing it. But, um, yeah, I, I guess that that would be interesting to see about their their draft stock after a, after an opt-out. Um, you know, I tend to think that – I think you're right. If the player – you know, it's like Jamar Chase, if he opted out, which please don't opt out, but if he did, he was he would have been probably a first-round pick last year anyway. He's not going to go down, you know. Um Trevor Lawrence, if he opts out, he's not going anywhere. So yeah. uh, it really depends on the quality of the player. Right. No, it, it, I think it would only matter if these guys just sat at home on their couch, watched sports, and just ate potato chips. But I don't think that's what they would do. You know, they'd, uh, you know, they'd be going to these training facilities out in California, going to see George Whitfield, doing whatever. Uh, and, you know, it'd probably be Instagram videos about it along the way. But uh, I, I don't think they would – I don't think they would drop either. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you guys have any other thoughts about the, you know, the SEC conference schedule or, or PAC 12? Cause there's a lot of good stuff here to get into. Not too much. Yeah. I did confirm that Notre Dame will be playing Clemson, but there is no date uh, at this point. So okay. probably be the only game to watch. In might, the SEC this yeah, year. might be the best game of the ACC. The whole, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, you know, don't sleep on North Carolina. They're They might be good. Um, I think people are, some people are hyping up Duke. Duke might be kind of good. Um, yeah, that's the ACC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Oh man, uh, this is just so crazy. I, I knew it was going to be different, but just now it seems like it's just going to be all over the all over the place. Crazy, like just you know, just uh, our, our attention spans are going to be like where we, where we were as like a freshman in you know high school. You know that first day of school, it's just you're just overwhelmed with everything that's coming at you. Uh, you know, I don't know, at least for me anyway, but. Um, I did say we had a lot of stuff to get into, so I wanted to uh, skip ahead here to, to LSU basketball because they had, they had some really big news come out. Uh, it was mostly quiet for you know the last few months. Obviously, the, the season was postponed slash canceled, but um, some some really good news coming coming out now. Uh, start with the biggest, I guess, and that's uh, that Trenton Watford may be returning to LSU. Uh, he said he's back. So uh, he has some unfinished business. So he's, he's ready to get to work. And we kind of mentioned this when he declared because, you know, some guys have declared before, but just because of the different rules with uh, the NBA, they, they're allowed to come back after they declare. So we thought, well, he still could, you know, just to kind of cover our bases really. But I, I mean, I didn't really think he would, but. <laughs> yeah, I think we all pretty much thought he was gone, right? Yeah, but hey, 2020, COVID, you know. I guess anything's possible. So he's, he's coming back. Uh, and I don't think he's going to be alone uh, because uh, Darius days, who was actually the first to announce he's withdrawing from the NBA draft and he's going to be returning in. Well, would you looky there? Uh, Javante smart did also. So, uh, you know, assuming all this, holds <laughs> like the will wade basically got his team back along yeah. with the guys that have transferred in and he's recruited so theoretically you know if, if all you know stays the way it is will wade's gonna have a loaded team still no idea what the you know the ncaa men's basketball s- season or schedule would look like if and when they pick up but uh holy cow <laughs> holy cow uh, I don't think, uh, you know, Will Wade could have imagined all this, you know, in his, in his wildest dreams. Yeah, just from this news, people are saying that this is probably going to be the most talented team Will Wade has ever had as a coach at LSU. And so with the news, yeah, he basically got his whole team back, barring Skylar Mays, who was... He's a senior, he was a senior, yeah, he was so, senior he, so he was he, out, yeah. Yeah, he had basically no option. But like you mentioned, Trenton Watford was the big get. He was projected, I think, a late first or the second round draft pick. Um, so for him to forego that money to return to the Tigers is a pretty big deal and shows that these players either have a intense aversion to the bubble or the prospects of the NBA at this point, or a pretty good allegiance to LSU. And I hope it's the, the latter because to skip out on that money to play college basketball in uncertain circumstances for the next year is, is a big decision, but I'm glad he made it. And then along with uh, Javante Smart and Darius Days, who were really important pieces from last year, we should have a really good squad coming in. Like you said, uh, Cam Thomas is our big five-star recruit for this year. Uh, some people call him like the best pure scorer in this year's class. So he'll be filling that role that Skylar Mays left. And then hopefully we'll make a run that was stolen from us as we had no <laughs> SEC tournament or March Madness this past year. I mean, this is when you when you try to find silver linings these days, it's almost like we, uh, we got a reset button on a somewhat disappointing LSU basketball season this year where – you know, we, we were good. We felt like, I know, I know we talked about on this podcast, you know, seemed like we just couldn't put it together. We were definitely missing that true point guard and like a, a Tremont waters. Um, so we kind of got to hit the reset button 
and we'll be taking, you know, this entire team minus Skylar Mays plus a ton of new talent into a full season, you know, theoretically this coming fall. So um, definitely an exciting thing. And, you know, I, I would say, Daniel, I, I would, I kind of think that um, you have to credit Will Wade for this because I don't, I don't think that it's, I, I feel like, you know, the guaranteed money, who cares about the bubble? You know, they're probably going to go to the D league anyway. A lot of them would. I think that they want to play. And I think that, I think that Will Wade has created a program and an atmosphere that people want to be a part of yeah. that, you know, he must, he obviously has convinced them that he can, that playing with him and playing in at LSU can improve your draft stock with every year that you spend putting in, you know, the effort and the work here. Um, and that's what we need. We need that in a, in a, in a coach and a program. Cause we haven't had that, you know, that's what we have in football. People stay all the time. Uh, you know, J- uh, Jacoby Stevens choose to stay when he could have gone to the NFL. Um, but we haven't had that in basketball. So it's, you know, it's great news. I was, I was very surprised. I did not think, I thought all three of them were gone. Right. And it was just like one after the other. It was just uh, like the, you know, the, the levy breaking. Um, And just to recap, because it's, it's a lot all at once. It's, they have Trenton Watford back, Darius Days back, Javante Smart back. I I think we already knew, but Charles Manning, uh, who was seen mostly as probably the best defender on the team. He's back. Uh, They, have the number six recruiting class in the country and then on top of that remember they they had all those grad transfers um one of which was uh you know Shaquille O'Neal's son Sharif and then they just got this guy from Washington Brian Penn Johnson so uh I don't know this could this is this is uh probably the, the best team collectively LSU's had there possibly ever you know unless you could somehow find a way to get pistol pete and Shaq on a team of chris jackson <laughs> you know um i don't know it's just it's still who knows what the, the season's gonna look like but all right so really quickly though because to me you know them going to the nba that's probably the only league in that's operating right now save for maybe nascar you know that that's i think is uh you know taking every precaution necessary and you know they haven't had any outbreaks at least that i haven't heard about still I think of our last podcast, they had just started, they didn't have any outbreaks, but you know, they're doing the whole bubble thing. So uh, do you think these kids think that like the league's going to be different? Like maybe their parents talked them to going into a, you know, a more safe option, especially if they don't have their degree yet, or is it, um, I don't know. Is it just the prospect of, you know, we, we don't know what the NBA is going to look like. We'll probably go there regardless, but you know, maybe we could, uh, we could all go back and, Hopefully there's safe conditions in college and we could win a title. I don't know. What do you think is like the, the main impetus here? It might just have to do with the, the bigger risk at this point, because like you said, the NBA seems to be doing okay in these early stages with the COVID stuff, but they're in the bubble. It's a way different season. They got less games and who knows what it'll look like next season. And so if you're a player, would you want to launch yourself into that? Like just, Either if you don't really know, one, you don't know if you're going to get drafted, and if so, where, and then where you're going to be playing in the bubble, outside the bubble, how much you might get paid, or you could just stay at LSU, have your scholarship, and have a, a pretty good year, and hopefully play some more basketball for what looks to be a pretty good team coming up in the spring. That seems to me kind of a safer option. You hone your skills for another year and look to step up in what would hopefully be a safer 2021 draft season. So it, it makes sense to me, and that, I'm sure I'll answer 
going through the players' minds at this point. Well, also, I mean, do, do we know, are they going to do some sort of bubble for the D-League? Like, I don't know if that's a thing or not. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard. So, like, I wouldn't – I feel like, you know, even – like, okay, let's be honest. Like, none of these players are Zion. None of these players are going to be day one faces of franchises starting, you know what I mean? Like, now they – at least from – from their draft perspective, maybe they go in there and tear it up. Who knows? But I would venture to say most of them would probably start out in the D league. And I don't know. I don't know necessarily what's going on with that, you know, with, with that portion of the NBA, but I know they're not at the bubble, you know, I don't, and I don't know if they're planning on doing a bubble for them or not. Um, But if, if they're getting inside information or some, or they've heard that, you know, look, we're not going to be doing it this year. I could see where it just kind of wouldn't kind of be pointless. You know what I mean? Like you go into either the draft, if they scrap the D league. Well, no, I'm saying for these players to enter the draft, if there's, if they scrap the D league for this summer, because it normally starts right after the finals, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's the point? I I wait out a a year and I have to get a job where it's, no, I just, I, yeah, I'd go back to school too. And then also that, you know, the other thing might be the timing because I just thought of this. So everything for the NBA has moved back, right? The finals should have already happened. We should already, it's the, we should be in the D league right now. The D league, I guess should be wrapping up because we'd be theoretically getting ready for a new season in October of the NBA. Yeah, no, the, yeah, the NBA league usually finishes before the baseball all-star break, which was in like mid July. Yeah. It normally so. finishes like, yeah, right at mid, mid June, I guess, or yeah. end of June. So, so if the, so if the finals are, I don't know when, I guess maybe September is when they're looking at, I know that they they're only playing a few of these kind of quote regular season games and they go straight into the playoffs. So let's just say the finals are in, do you know when they are Daniel? I don't know. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter. The point is the finals are going to be in the fall. That would put the D league starting late fall winter, early winter. Well, that's your college season right there. So, and I think most people would rather play at a marquee program you know, on a, on a, on a real stage kind of, I mean, no one watches D league games, but you know, people in Baton Rouge watch LSU games. So, you know, it totally makes sense to me and I'm, but I, I'm excited about it. I think, you know, it's the first thing that we're actually benefiting from uh, due to this virus and uh, you know, welcome back guys. Yeah, you right. just have to keep your fingers crossed that they actually get the season together in, in a good way. So it doesn't all go to waste, but like you said, some some good news from the Tigers, which coupled with the, the SEC schedule brings us our probably our best week in a little while here. True. Uh, uh man, it's so uh it's so crazy. I, I, I can't imagine what March Madness would look like next year, also. You know, they could be playing March Madness with like no fans, which you know would change would change it completely. Uh, you know, just seeing all those hands and all that screaming go up in the air after a buzzer beater that, you know, and the players running around the court, uh, that's what you watch for, but it'd be weird if, you know, they hit this buzzer beater and then you just hear like five guys go, yeah, and (laughs) and that's it, you know? Uh, but anyway, um, uh, still uh, a little bit more to get into this actually to bring it back to football, uh, cause we had some, some LSU team news I, I wanted to get into, uh, both current and like past players. Uh, but it looks like that backup quarterback, uh, Richard freshman, Peter Parrish has entered the transfer portal, which, you know, it was kind of, I don't know. I kind of, 
I didn't like to hear that. But uh, then again, I don't know. I think we kind of figured someone might transfer before the the start of the next season. Um, I didn't I didn't know if it was going to be Peter, but uh, I don't know if it also stems because I think he was suspended from the team back in March due to just some you know one of those Eilish team rules. Exactly that that vague that vague explanation. Um, and he hasn't participated in any of the, uh, the workouts. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that's, um, if that was something that was already kind of sealed into fate or if this, you know, just sprung about because of something else, but, uh, you know, he's entered the uh, portal. So, uh, my guess is he will probably not return. You know, guys have entered the portal and not left. Uh, but some have, and they and they did. You know, went, went on to bigger and better things for themselves, which is fine. Uh, but also, the LSU senior tight end Jamal Pettigrew uh, is also transferring. So I, I don't know. It didn't really say. You know, we probably won't hear for a while, if ever. But I don't know. Do you think it's a, a just maybe each of these guys? It was a, you know a personal decision based on you know the just the current times, or was it? Well, Peter Parrish is looking at Miles Brennan and, you know, maybe uh, T.J. Finley ahead of him, and he realizes that's going to be the pecking order. Uh, same with Pettigrew. You know, he just looks ahead and like, all right, Eric Gilbert, uh, <laughs> this guy is a, who's everyone's looking at, and he's probably going to get a lot more playing time than me. You know, you think it just boils down to that, or no, is it just uh, kind of the nature of the beast now in college football? I think there are two different scenarios or two different situations parish you know and i was very high on him when he came out of high school i was excited about him but you know he got in it was an indefinite suspension indefinitely removed from the team or something like that so i i guess you know it's indefinite can uh, can mean you can come back for the national championship like michael divinity or i guess it can mean you know indefinite meaning never again I, I would guess I would guess that it's leaning more towards you know either now I, to be fair to Michael Divinity and Coach O, you know Coach O said uh, he can come back um, if he takes the right steps. Divinity takes the right steps, he comes back. Um, you know maybe maybe Parrish didn't take the right maybe you know same thing with sta- standing offer for Peter Parrish as well. Take the right steps, we'll we'll welcome you back. Um, we don't really know. But I, I would say that yes, his transfer is directly, you know, correlated to his uh, his ousting from the team. Uh, but on the Pettigrew side, you know, I think you can only you can only you know only one thing comes to mind. It's Eric Gilbert. Everyone's talking about how great he is. He's looking, you know, looking great in uh, in practices. He's a freak. He's the you know people say he's going to be the next Megatron, Calvin Johnson type. And for a guy like. Uh, Pettigrew you know he's probably a talented guy it feels like he can show he wants to you know get something on film and maybe get a chance to to go on to the next level it, it makes sense for him to want to go to another place I and I, I think to answer your question yeah it, it is kind of an unfortunate nature of the beast where I really feel for these guys who they get to be upperclassmen juniors and seniors but then you get some guy who who's a five-star number one you know I think uh uh, Eric Gilbert was like the number one graded tight end ever. Yeah, he was the highest rated tight end ever by 24-7. Yeah. Like in the history of the ratings? Yes. yes. Wow. 
So, you know, you get this kid who's like probably not even 18 yet and he comes in and he's already better than you've ever, you ever could be <laughs> already better than the guys you've like looked up to. <laughs> yeah. And so, and you're just kind of, you know, it's like, I, I kind of feel for him. Cause you know, you don't want to leave the team. You chose LSU. You chose this team to be part of you put in two to three years of hard work to earn your starting spot in that playing time. And then a freshman just comes in a, a little punk kid comes in and takes your spot. And the coach has probably promised you that when you were, getting recruited yourself you're like we'll get you on the field uh early and then you're like well where is it so but you know i also think that the you know and and we've heard this from from our buddy josh lemoyne and other people um the coaches under you know it's not a one-way street the coaches understand as well and they try to help help you get in the right situation it's just like before uh or when recruiting is happening and before signing day if they're going to process a kid and say i'm sorry we're not going to honor the scholarship they usually try and help them get to another school you know if, if lsu's not gonna if lsu's not gonna pull you in they might say to him say to a kid you know hey i'm sorry we're gonna have to make another we're making a tough call but we're gonna have to go with somebody else but we've got a buddy he, this guy's at, at Ole miss you know I, they need a safety you go on you know we've hooked you up here's the phone number why don't you talk to them so i'm hoping that you know maybe uh Pettigrew can can you know find a find a, a place for him somewhere else and and you know be a star I'd, I'd hope that he uh has great success yeah yeah i i hope uh, and i think he would i mean it, it's i don't think it's you know all necessarily on him because he you know he did miss all of 2018 with a, an acl injury and i just i'm i remember when he was being recruited it was like we're, we needed this you know lsu needs this big tight end guy that this you know that our qbs can throw to uh but you know recently you know obviously he would have been behind eric gilbert but you know when ed Orgeron's spoke about tight ends he usually lists uh cole taylor and even nick stortz you know our our pitcher on the baseball team who recently just uh decided to start playing football it's like <laughs> Ordron's mentioning him ahead of jamal Pettigrew. so it, it could be that they don't even need that conversation just he can hear it from the coach speak basically uh so yeah uh, uh all, all good wishes towards him you know wherever he can find a landing spot um, you know, you know, unless, unless there's some really bad beef, usually when these guys leave, they always say, you know, once a tiger, always a tiger, something like that. It's just, you know, a personal decision for them. And, you know, we, we can't have any, uh, any, uh, ill will about that. So good for him. Yeah. I was going to um, add one thing on the transfer stuff. They, we've said it before. Like, it's kind of like they come and they go. You can't really be too sad when these kids transfer out, especially because obviously there's people out there who want to play for LSU, as we're seeing, obviously, with number one, Joe Burrow. But just this year with uh, Jabril Cox, the linebacker, and then Liam Shanahan, the, the lineman from Harvard, who I saw was reported to be – He's going to be the starting center? Uh, at least right now, the starting center for LSU. So you pick up two starters, you lose one starter, Marcel Brooks, and then kind of two backups – so, Eric Monroe and Jamal Pettigrew. Oh yeah, Eric Monroe. I forgot about yeah. him. So yeah, kind of two and four in and out there. But yeah, so you have to kind of take them when you can get them, and then you always got the next batch up. Oh, I mean, the nature of the beast. Live by the sword, die by the sword. The the, the transfer portal has been very very good to LSU, and it's only right it's only right that we lose a few because we sure gained we sure gained more than enough with uh, with Joe Burrow and hopefully with Jabul Cox. And and Liam Shanahan as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there was a 
And, and there was just another little bit of news. Uh, it was about a former LSU player, which I wanted to tie back into what we were just talking about because, you know, he's transferring for himself. But, um, you know, just we still don't know, you know, what's going to happen because just the sign of the times, you know, LSU could play this 10-game schedule. But, you know, there could be one player that, unfortunately, maybe they contract COVID or – even before the season starts, somebody that we didn't think we were losing says, you know, and it could be, you know, someone like we were talking about earlier, someone wants to sit out the season and we would understand what is, you know, let's say Derek Stingley says, uh, I think I want to sit this season out. You know, it's not, it's not going to hurt his draft chances in two years. So, you know, that could happen, but uh, there was uh, a former player, Al Woods, who I think, I think he was drafted in 2010. So he was with the Tigers right before that. Uh, he's going to sit out this season, and he specifically said it was because of COVID. So I don't know. I was just really quick, just wanted to see what you guys thought about that. You know, what if uh, some current Tiger, you know, even though the, the the league just agreed to like a ten game a ten game schedule, you know, what if some Tiger that maybe we didn't think about, you know, could say, hey, uh, I want to sit out this season. I don't think they're going to lose their year of eligibility if it ever comes down to it. But, you know, you know, what if it is like a Derek Stingley or uh, somebody who we thought was going to step up for LSU this next year? Um, you know, maybe in the, you know, one of the running backs or something, you know, what, you know, what how, do you, do you envision that happening? And, you know, what would your, what would your reaction be? I, I don't think that's going to happen because just because I feel like if it, if it was going to happen, it would have happened already. You know, like I don't, I, I, they're in camp. Um, they started practice uh, on Friday, like this past Friday. So, you know, I've, and I think, you know, I've seen a lot of, a lot of uh, quotes and, and videos of coach O talking. He seems really excited. He's talking about all the players, you know, all the ones that we, that we uh, know and love and like the starters, the ones that are really, you know, on the watch list, I don't think they're going anywhere. Um if they did, I mean, like if we had Derek Stanley sit out or Jamar chase, I mean, that would be a death blow to any program. If, 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 you know, if uh, same thing, if like Jalen Waddle sat out or if, uh, you know, Bo Nix said, I'm not playing, that'd be a bit, you know, be, be a huge death blow. And I feel like, uh, I, I almost feel like it's, it's only, it's only right to happen in this season of all seasons. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, it's going to be, it, it, who knows, you might have something like that happen to a program. That same thing. It's almost like going to be like Russian roulette. When we get into the season, one team has an outbreak and they lose their best player because he got COVID or something. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was going to say. The two situations I see where players are sitting out, at least for LSU's program are one, the SEC, Obviously, they can do shortens or changes the season further, which hopefully doesn't happen. But if it, with the 10-game SEC season, I see LSU players saying, I want to play, yeah. especially in the fall. And then number two is if the player themselves gets COVID and then, like, kind of all bets are off. Like, Well, they'll be forced to sit out. You know, they, they just put out – the SEC just put out a, um, a thing today, I think. Maybe not today, but recently that said if you get tested – if you test positive, you don't have to test again. Like if you get, if you test positive and then go and then go through and, you know, symptoms go away, they don't have to test you again for three months. Like you don't have to keep being tested. Maybe that contributes but to it, from last week about players are, are going to try and get it. So they can just start playing. I know, yeah. But people have shown to have been, you know, to catch it again. So why would they not 
like wouldn't they need to still quarantine these players if they caught it again i well i don't know i just i that's just what the sec said yeah but all right well i also bring this up for another reason because daniel you actually sent us something privately during the week about uh you know some of the tigers not being happy with i guess they're wearing some you know some these mask things we saw yeah, yeah. These, facial, these facial shields during practice and uh they don't sound too happy so i'm wondering if some player is just gonna look at this and say do i want to do this for the next 15 weeks uh no thank you Right. I can't remember if we talked about this, if this was news on the last podcast or not, but LSU. I don't think so. I I think, I think we talked about it. I think another school, I think Texas had put them on. We hadn't signed on yet to do it. Official LSU football put out the picture of the LSU football helmet with the mask, which is kind of a clear plastic bar that extends all the way way to the top of the the eye slot, I guess you could call it, all the way to the bottom of the, the grill of the mask. It's just like an extended visor. So yeah, pretty much just a whole plate inside the, the grill itself. And then, so everybody immediately was saying like, oh, this is going to be so hot, they're going to fog up. And then a couple of LSU players, so this was just today, um, a tweet from LSU linebacker, Sonny Fanua, wearing his COVID facial helmet. I can't bleep, breathe under this thing. <laughs> so <laughs> they're, uh, they're not too happy. And then it was reiterated, uh, senior offensive lineman, Austin Douglas, it's like breathing in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> so <laughs> if you can imagine what that's like, I can't, can't think it would be too pleasant, especially that's right now before they're huffing and puffing in the middle of a Dead Valley Saturday night game with about a million percent humidity. And so they might have to find some workarounds here. Otherwise, it's, and then the people respond with memes. It's just like LSU games during the LSU players during the game. It's just a picture of fog, right? The entire time you can't see anything. But uh, maybe there will be some better medical prevention device. I, I would I would guess that if if all things hold and that and that that's the that's the last you know this isn't the prototype and Nike doesn't develop a new one. I would think that uh, that these masks are going to go the way of the knee pads in that. They're told to wear them. I think everybody's supposed to have knee pads in their in their pants. But if you ever look, you know, none of our players have the the knee pads are not extended down to the kneecap. They either usually either players don't have them on at all, or they're like a, a like half an inch wide, and they just kind of go over like right over right above your kneecap. So I would not be surprised if if they find a way to have have the mask on, have the like the you know plastic guard on but really not have it on or they just take them off mid game. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Especially with all these special teams guys, you know, with the knee pads, like all these arrogant punters and kickoff specialists that don't wear their knee pads. It's just setting a bad example, you know, it's just, gonna, <laughs> and it's just going to bleed over into these COVID shields in these special teams. Well, no, I mean, like even, like, I think really the, I mean, if you go, go look like, None of the receivers wear like none of them. I don't even think Joe Burrow wore like no no player wears knee pads now. Ah, because it affects your you know I think it affects your top end speed honestly. Oh no, it feels weird. It, you know we we had to wear them in high school and like they would check like they would get onto you if you weren't and uh, and we had to wear you know the the real the real knee pad is supposed to be like I mean it's probably like the diameter of a it's like a baseball it's like the size of a baseball it's supposed to go around your kneecap and uh you know they would they would get on to you if you're wearing knee pads or whatever in high school or whatever and 
it really, yeah, it really does affect your running. Like it's weird. It just feels weird. Yeah. Yeah. Thigh pads too. A million dollar idea with the, some sort of induced draft, like mini fan you can install on your helmet to just cycle the air through and blow out the, uh, the steam that's fogging up inside there. I'm sure somebody's thought of this before and tried to make it work, but probably hard to make it shock uh, absorbent. Well, what about like a, uh, what are those things? It's like the semi permeable thing where it's like stuff can go in, but it can't go out. Actually, no, that wouldn't help. Never mind. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, you can have like one way filters a little bit, but. But then you can't breathe. Right. Yeah, that's the problem. I don't understand. I think that's that whole face shield thing is kind of stupid. How do they expect? How do they expect you to breathe anyway? Like, how do they expect you to breathe with a thing of plastic in front in front of your face? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I I would just assume they could just make a helmet with uh, with their own little air supply. Uh, just <laughs> like their own scuba suits. gear. <laughs> yeah, well, well, just yeah, it wouldn't be other underwater. Uh, above water so scaba gear i guess i don't know <laughs> um but yeah the, like to me that would be the next best thing something like darth vader would wear uh but i don't think that the sport is going to be that technical technologically advanced by the time the season comes around so i guess their thought is face shield with plastic is the next thing next best thing right now but uh, i just you know what just wear a mask. Just wear a, ma- a breathable mask. Because the whole point is to not, you know, spew out these droplets to infect other people. So it's like, just, no, just I've, got, I've got the solution right here. Tell All right. Us. So in football, you got to wear the you got to wear the mouth guard, right? So there's oh. thing in, you're thinking your mouth anyway, right? You know, theoretically. Now some people don't. Even, some people don't wear the mouth guard, um, but you're supposed to wear the mouth guard. Uh, my my thinking is you know you got this face shield on you can't breathe and but you, you've already got the mouth guard in your mouth why not make a mouth guard that's attached to a snorkel and then you put the snorkel in and then you have the tube and it goes through a hole in your helmet and then you get your air supply that's out in the open and you got your thing yeah the, the mouth guard is your is the, the and it goes around your nose too or well, it actually wouldn't have to go around your nose, but it could. And then you just got your air supply outside, and you got to you just run around with a snorkel on. Yeah, yeah. All you really need is the exhale or the exhaust, you could say, kind of like a, you know, race car driver, like a car. <laughs> yeah, or like the, the Land Rovers with the uh, you know the, the they call it a snorkel. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. They just need to let out the bad air. You just hold your breath every play. God, I you love could just we, never breathe. <laughs> yeah, I love how we solve all these huge issues here on Talking Ticks. I mean, yeah. we are it's not just Talking Ticks. We're a think tank, really. If you want to look at it like that. I wish, I wish, they, I wish they'd pay us for that thinking. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, we just are... <laughs> us helping people, it's its own reward, I guess. Anyway, um, do, you guys, uh, do you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about before we, uh, before we wrap up? Um, the only other minor thing is I got a little bit of correspondence from the season ticket office regarding my season football tickets. This is this last week. Um, they said that they will be operating Tiger Stadium at a reduced capacity. They didn't say what that reduced amount is. And they said they would be sending out further correspondence this week. Um, today's Monday the 3rd. Yes. So um, hopefully we'll have some more updates. But they said they would prioritize season ticket holders and student tickets 
and they were, could be modified locations and prices. So that they didn't go into too much detail. They didn't say whether people are going to pay more or pay less. Are they going to move some Joey 50 yard liner up to section XYZ? Um, he probably won't be too happy about that. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. Oh, and they gave three options if you want to opt out of the 2020 season. Can't imagine that many people will be doing these, but some maybe. Uh, option one was you don't go to the games and you forfeit all the money you already paid for your tickets as a donation to the TAF, tax deductible. Um, option two was you roll over everything you've paid from 2020 season to the 2021 season and you keep your ticket spots for next year. And then option three was you get your money back, but you don't get your spot reserved for 2021 unless you give them another deposit. So it's not even really like you're getting your money back, um, which doesn't make much sense. Wait, they don't give you the deposit back? Well, you, you would get your deposit. You're basically paying next year's deposit in advance, like a year in advance. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't see really a problem with that. You're gonna have to pay either. You pay it now, or you're gonna pay it in what? In February? Yeah, like, I mean, you're kind of just front loading your TAF donation. But it seems like the ideal solution, which most people, if they weren't going to go to the games, would want, is they get their money back, and nothing happens, and just keep their priority for next year. And that is doesn't seem like an option at this point. And then, oh, they're also doing all mobile tickets which there might be some uh, upset and confused, maybe particularly older. Wait, they're doing tickets. what? Only mobile tickets. Oh, mobile phones. tickets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they'll be scanning your cell phone. Uh, <clears throat> uh, paper tickets. Yeah, yeah, who cares about that? But to go back to the, the uh, like if you just chose not to enroll over, you'd still be paying the same, but it's like you'd get five home games this year. But what they don't say is, you know, because they're still trying to figure out, you know, seating arrangements because it's not going to be – a hundred something thousand in Tiger Stadium, right? Mm-hmm. We're thinking what half, if not a quarter of that. So even though there's five home games, who's to say who all gets to go to those five home games? I don't know. I, I'm not a I'm not in the in that world, but I would I think I would just roll over to next yeah, year. They haven't given us the information yet. What what they want to happen is as many people as possible to opt out so they don't have to deal with it. Right. And because they they want people to opt out and not have to deal with the angry, angry customer trying to it's like the Seinfeld episode where he's like, he's trying to send the suit back in a deli. <laughs> trying to send the suit back. But uh, we'll... Uh, a lot of raging Cajuns right there. Exactly. And so we'll see if they storm the gates. And so I don't have my money back at this point, but I will update y'all if I get any more information. Please do. Please do. We'll give you a special segment for that. Uh, I don't know, Tommy, do you have anything else? I think that's about it for me. Okay. Yeah, same here. Um, I don't know. It's just crazy, crazy news coming out this week, and you know, I imagine it's going to get a little bit crazier. But uh, glad we could uh, we could bring it to you this week here on Talking Tigs. But uh, so stay tuned for next week because I'm sure we're going to have something else. A lot can change in a week. So on that note, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.